Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 32 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. I am obsessed with today's episode because we have a pet industry expert, Tori Mystic of Wear, Wag, and Repeat. So Tori is really big in the pet space. She is a blogger, an influencer, educator, podcaster. She has a lifestyle brand. She's really done it all within the pet space. And she's just such an interesting person, someone that I, you know, had worked with previously when I had my own pet subscription box business, the Dapper Dog Box. And so I've been, you know, learning from her and, you know, knowing her and interacting with her really for the past um, five years or so. So Tori is an amazing and such a, like a, I'm definitely one of her super fans, as we like to call in the episode. Definitely a super fan of hers and I just think she's incredible. So today she is on the podcast and she's sharing some amazing information on how to create a community and how to create a community for your brand. And then we dive into blogging for SEO. So two slightly different topics, but both amazingly important. And she just gives so much great information on, you know, how she was able to build up her own community for her own business. And then obviously how she uses blogging for searchability and to get people to find her on Google. So a little bit about Tori. She is an influencer, educator, podcaster, and founder of the award-winning Dog Mom Lifestyle brand Wear, Wag, Repeat. Her mission is to help women live their best life with dogs as pet parents and petpreneurs. Her dog mom advice has been featured in BuzzFeed, Good Morning America, and the Wall Street Journal. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. So if you are a petpreneur, you know, you're a pet influencer, you have a pet-focused brand or pet-focused online business, then you're going to love today's episode. And Tori has a lot of courses and so many resources that you can learn from her. She has a membership program. So I'm so excited to dive into today's episode. So grab your coffee, grab an extra large glass of wine, because this is going to be an amazing episode. Hey, Tori, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm really excited to talk business because I'm always talking dogs. So this will be fun. <laughs> I agree. I love to. Yeah. I feel like when you can incorporate dogs into business, it's kind of a win-win. So I'm excited for today. Before we get started on all the amazing things that you do and that you teach people and you help people with, do you want to just tell everyone a little bit about you? I know you, you know, you have so many awesome things going on, but just want to share anything about yourself um, and sort of how you got here today. Yeah, thank you so much for asking. Um, so my name's Tori Mystic. I'm the founder of Wear Wag Repeat, which is a dog mom lifestyle blog. I started it. It's called Wear Wag Repeat because when I started, I kind of thought I was going to be a fashion blogger and have my dogs be part of it. And then it kind of got flipped upside down. And now it's a dog blog that has like a little bit of fashion and style incorporated into it. That's how I got the name for Wear Wag Repeat. And I blog about all kinds of things that I do with my two chocolate labs. They're both nine years old. Lucy, I got as a puppy and Bert is my rescue dog who I got a couple years ago. And they just, they bring a lot of excitement and fun to my life. And I love to try anything and everything that I can do with them and tell people about it. So anything that you can imagine, our our most recent thing that we're getting into is barn hunt. So that's a a newish kind of dog sport that I'm doing with Bert. And um, I'll I'll have to report back on that after we get started this month. Um, barn hunt barn hunt is like a newish dog sport where, um, you go somewhere and they have all these hay bales set up in like a a course. There's like a set course for it. And 
hidden amongst the hay bales are a couple of empty containers and one container that has a live rat in it. (laughs) (laughs) I really buried the lead on that one, but that's, that's the game. And so your dog has to, I'm going to, I'm going to learn it all that your dog has to kind of like go through this course and do a bunch of particular actions and they have to identify which box has the rat in it and in like a timed amount of time, like a, like a minute or two. So Bert is just, he's when, whenever we're in the woods, he's always finding things and finding bones. And so I thought this would be a good sport for him. So so that's just a taste of some of the weird things that I get into with my dogs. <laughs> There's nothing we say no to. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. And so through doing all these weird things and building up my blog traffic, people started to ask, how did you build up your following? How did you build your blog traffic? And so now I teach petpreneurs and pupfluencers how to grow their businesses online through um, marketing and and different kinds of strategies. I love it so much. And yeah, I've, so for anyone listening, um, I used to have a pet subscription box business. And so I, um, I'm not even sure how I first found you. It was, you know, like four or five years ago, maybe. Yeah. But I remember your old, and you might have the same website, but like the pink bricks on the background. I still remember that. It's been updated, but it's, that's still somewhere, I think. Yeah. And you reviewed the Dapper Dog Box. I want to say like a blog post or you did something like that where you did an unboxing. And, um, and I remember just loving like the style. And I love that you, like, I feel like you really incorporate that fashion and kind of like bright colors into all the stuff that you do. So I have to um, just appreciate that. Cause I always loved, like, I always loved your style. And of course I have a black lab. And so we both share a love for labs and Asha is nine too. So that's Aww. funny. Yeah. But labs are nice. the best. And I feel like they get very unrepresented in the, in the dog world. I don't know. Everyone loves yeah. labs, but I feel like there's not a lot, like everyone is obsessed with golden doodles and retrievers, but I feel like there's actually not a lot. I mean, golden retrievers, but I feel like yeah. there's not actually a lot of stuff around Labradors. So yeah, like you're, you're that. totally right. And, um, apparently according to like, Oh, I can't remember who does this study, but it comes out every year. And now it's like the 30th year in a row. Labradors are the most popular dog in America. Mm -hmm. And so considering they're the most popular dog in America, when you go into stores and stuff, there's not a lot of products Mm -hmm. with labs on it, really, especially chocolate labs. That's what I have. And like, you never see chocolate lab stuff. So that's part of the reason why um, I started in an online store so I could make <laughs> products with chocolate labs on them. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love it. Yeah, I agree with you. I love, I feel like the black labs don't get any, any love either. So if there's ever black lab stuff, I, I always buy it. So yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Well, you have such an amazing background and I love all the fun things you do, which we're going to talk about um, a little bit later, but I'd love to talk in terms of, um, so again, you have, you, so you teach do you work with mostly like e-commerce businesses or what kind of businesses do you usually work with to help? So the people who take my courses and, and are part of my membership and all this kind of stuff, usually I think what brings us together is that most of us are solopreneurs or maybe small businesses or doing it as a side gig. Everyone's you know, pretty small, scrappy businesses. But within there, there's a huge range of people who do services and products and animal communicators and other bloggers and content creators. So kind of the category is very broad, but what we all have in common is that we're all kind of doing it on our own. Okay. I love that. And I love that you were kind of talking about being scrappy and all that, because that's something that definitely resonates with, you know, myself and also with a lot of the audience listening to is that, you know, there are people that are trying to do all the things and a lot of them have nine to fives and they have, you know, kids and other things going on. And they're trying to just figure out how to make this like passion project or their dream side business actually a reality. So um, I love that. And what I would love to dive into a little bit more with you is how to build a community. Cause I feel like that's something that a lot of people actually don't teach. They talk about how to make sales. They talk about, you know, how to grow your Instagram, but they don't actually factor in that the community part is essential. And that's actually what I focus on for, for Dapper Dog Box. I heavily focused on building a community and nurturing them and, you know, creating my little super fans and that would get sales and repeat buyers. So yeah. Do you want to kind of dive in a little bit in terms of um, how to build a community and how to build that around your audience's interest? So really anything you want to kind of share about that? 
Yeah, sure. So I, I've been building an online community for like eight years. I've had my blog for eight years. So for many, many years, my online community was, you know, pet parents. And I was always thinking, how can I deliver for, for dog moms and for pet parents and and write about topics that they care about. And I, and I built a really big audience through that. And it was really wonderful. And um, you know, grew my Instagram to like 40,000 followers and then the sponsorship things rolled in and, and that kind of stuff. So that was great. But I had a hard time figuring out how to really monetize that audience. Um, you know, I, I found, I tried a whole bunch of different things over the years and I found that those people loved like reading and lurking and kind of observing what I was doing, but not necessarily getting super involved in stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I felt like I really hit my sweet spot when I started, you know, branching off because I still do both now. So I have like kind of two sides of the coin, the pet parents and then the, the petpreneurs. And when I started really focusing on the petpreneurs and realized how much I could help people and they were receptive to the help, and then they wanted to take action on what I was helping them with, that's kind of when I think all the magic started to happen. Mm-hmm. And I would probably point out like last April, a month after the pandemic started, I hosted an online workshop called um, Grow Your Pet Business Online or something like that. And I was blown away, like 200 people signed up for this workshop. And it was just a free workshop I was hosting. And I did it because there were so many pet industry people like trainers and groomers and walkers and sitters and all these people whose businesses were so reliant on being in person and they could not do anything for many months last year. So I did this workshop that that kind of gave people a few ideas on how they could get scrappy and make some make some money and do some long-term strategy kind of stuff while they were in this like holding period. You know, one of the ideas to make money was, you know, creating print-on-demand products um, because your customers probably want to support you, but they just can't, you know, take take your dog to the groomers at that time or something like that. So so I shared a bunch of those ideas and people just loved it so much. And and I found that, you know, creating this community, then I, I went on and created two more online courses last year. And people just they're, you know, they get so into it. And if people love you and your style and your honesty, and, you know, I, I try to give as much as I can away for free. And if people, you know, send me DMS, I'm happy to give them free advice all the time. You know, you don't, you don't have to give everything away for free, but you do have to kind of show people that you know what you're talking about and be nice about it and friendly and approachable. I think some of the best compliments that I get is that, you know, people think I'm really approachable and, um, and honest in the advice that I give them because I will, if I learn something new today that helps my business, I will tell everyone in my community about it tomorrow. You know, there's no point in like keeping secrets. And so, you know, I've just found over the last, especially the last year that that's just grown such a strong community. And you mentioned, you know, having like these super fans and, you know, within this group, I definitely have three people I can think of off the top of my head who are super fans. And without even asking them to, they post on their Instagram stories all the time, telling people about me and and what I do and my courses and that kind of stuff. It it just, you know, it's, I think building a community is a two-way street because not only do I like empower them with Mm -hmm. my information, but they make me feel really good too, because, you know, I can see that that they really, that I'm making a difference. I'm making an impact and I'm not just over here updating my blog all day long. I'm actually, you know, making a difference for someone. So, you know, I think building a community, it's not just about the people in the community, but it really helps you a lot too in in your mindset around your business. Yeah, I agree with you. And I love that you, and I have to just backtrack too, and, and talk a little bit about the fact that you, you know, hosted this what sounds like an amazing workshop for free and you know, didn't make people pay for it. You just wanted to kind of help people out during a really like crap time, let's be honest. And, you know, especially for those businesses who rely on, you know, the foot traffic, the people showing up in their salons and their grooming places and um, all those things overnight, their business probably just like completely fell, fell, uh, fell apart. And, 
you know, for people like us, where we do all of our stuff online, you know, I used to have a product business and even if it, like thinking about having a product business today, you know, it, it feels different for me now. Cause now I've been doing everything online. Like I have courses and, you know, kind of doing a lot of the stuff that you're doing and it's so fun and um, feeling so grateful about that. But for people that rely on actual humans showing up, you know, that can be taken away any moment. And so I love the fact that you're helping people to give them other ways to make money. And I love the print on demand. Um, so fun. And you can make really amazing products. And, you know, when you already have an audience that likes you and, and wants to support you, then it's easy to actually sell those, you know, proper physical products. So I love that. So in terms of kind of like for people that are listening that are kind of like, well, how can I build my own community? So a lot of the audience are, you know, these are e-commerce businesses. They have shops on Shopify. They have, you know, some brick and mortar, mostly online. How do you feel like some of those people could start to kind of think about creating their own community? Because I think a lot of people, when I bring the word community up, they actually have no idea. They actually have no idea like how to even do that. Like, what do you mean build a community? I mean, people order from us. We post on Instagram, but what more can I do? So any, anything you want to kind of share around that? Yeah, I think that you're right. The word community has become such a buzzword. It's almost like the word engagement where people have like no idea. <laughs> They're like, you need engagement, but yeah, like, what does that actually mean? <laughs> <laughs> what is step one, step two, step three? Just tell me. <laughs> um, so I think for building a community, you kind of have to, you know, sit back, sit down, look at the big picture and think about like, what, how are you really helping someone? Even if you're selling a product, even if you're selling a candle or a toy or snacks or whatever it is that you're selling in your, in your product business, how's that helping someone? Um, and you got to kind of get maybe a little like woo woo with it. Like, you know, having this snack, you know, is so convenient. So it's making their life easier. Maybe they can share it with a loved one. So they're having a little moment together. So you got to think about like, how is this really helping and making someone's life better? And, you know, kind of base your community around that and asking people to share their stories or, um, you know, share an example, because I think a lot of the, the community, if you look back at like our actual communities, you know, I'm friends with my neighbors across the street because I help her with her dog. She helps me with my dogs, you know, we're, we're helping each other. So you gotta, you gotta kind of think about how things are helping and maybe how your customers can help each other. And that's kind of, I think the magical part about some of these communities, which you could host through, you know, maybe everyone uses a particular hashtag on Instagram and people can connect that way. Maybe you've got a private Facebook group. Maybe you've got a Slack channel. So, I mean, who knows what you're interested in doing, but I think the key thing there is having the other community members interact with each other and not just them with you all the time. Yeah. I love that. I always try to convince, not convince, but I always try to, you know, get some of my clients to start Facebook groups. And a lot of them are very resistant. They're like, no, I hate Facebook. I don't want like I don't want my friends I to hate me. Facebook so much, but I have two Facebook groups. So oh, really, yeah. Why, can you share why you don't like Facebook? I mean, I don't like it either. So I'm curious. I just hate Facebook so much. I can't even number the reasons, but, um, <laughs> there you but Facebook groups are really different than other places on Facebook. And I think Facebook themselves recognize that now there's like a dedicated channel to it and they promote the groups a lot heavily. Um, and there's a lot of functionality within the groups setting up mm-hmm. events. And now I think you can even process payments for events through your group. There's just a lot of things. Yeah. You can host mm-hmm. Q and A's. Um, you can do Facebook lives within your group, which are really mm-hmm. great because unlike uh, some other platforms, your, your Facebook lives actually stay up on the feed. So people can go back and look at them. I think people have a lot of success doing selling through Facebook lives. And so when I go to Facebook, <laughs> so I have this little like widget or something installed on my browser where it blocks my newsfeed. So I actually have never looked at the Facebook news feed in like five years. Wow. It's that's called, really, that's so smart. You save yes. so much time and like mental. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's called the news feed eradicator on Chrome and looking like your Chrome plugins. I did it so long ago. I couldn't tell you how to do it again, but 
Look it up up because um, instead of seeing your Facebook feed, it just puts like an inspirational quote. (laughs) I love that. And then the whole feed is just blank. And so what I do when I go to Facebook, I go there and there's no feed on my page. And on the left-hand side, I've just got, you know, my, my group's that I use a lot or that I host. And I just go straight to my group and interact with my people there. And I don't do any of the other stuff. Okay. I love that. Thank you for that tip. I literally yeah. just wrote that down because not that I, sp- I don't really spend much time in Facebook. And in fact, until my current business, I actually didn't use Facebook really at all. I'm definitely not a in-personal use, like posting my life updates on Facebook. It's just not my style. I don't, I'm actually really private. So even my like evolution of this business being on Instagram all the time, you know, is definitely, you know, a work in progress, but uh, yeah, Facebook is, can be really horrible, but I do agree with you. I think the groups are an incredible place, especially if you do have um, a product business, they are a great way for you to interact with your community. You can do, you know, sneak peeks of products. You can, you know, Tori, you were talking about selling things like that's an, that's an amazing place to sell stuff. And for people to see your face and interact with you, you can get people to actually talk on, you know, the Facebook live. So yeah, I I mean, not talk, but they can post comments. Yeah. Interact with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that. Um, I think that's an awesome way. I also like the idea of Instagram, you know, Instagram is an amazing place to, to build a community. And I think sometimes too, with the community stuff, it can feel like, Oh my God, it's another thing that I have to do. So I feel like even if you're starting small, Instagram is a good place to start because, you know, you could do your branded hashtag and, um, you know, there's so many things you can do, but I think people can feel overwhelmed with, you know, all the things they have to do. And, you know, now I have to do a Facebook group. And so, yeah, just, I, I keep it simple. Um, something I started doing because I felt like, it's just my, my dog parent side of everything. They all kind of frustrate me because they're not as easy to get them to take action as the business people. So a couple of months, like, yeah, a couple of months ago, I was like, I'm, I need to engage my pet parent people more, you know, cause I have, I've had dogs for 20 years and, you know, I'm seeing all these people who got a dog during the pandemic. It's their first dog ever. And they've only ever known pandemic dog and um, they're posting all kinds of advice. And I'm like, wait a second. I've been doing this for 20 years. I have a lot of dog advice to share. And so I started hosting these Friday night lives, dog mom advice, Friday night live, which is kind of a mouthful, but every Friday for like eight weeks. And then I took a break because I was traveling and stuff, but I'm going to kick it back into gear again. And every Friday at like 7 PM, I would just go live for maybe half an hour on Instagram. And maybe I would have, you know, a topic and an outline, or maybe I would just come on and talk. And the cool thing was that I would get a regular audience tuning in every Friday night. And if I promoted it, like a couple of days leading up to it and set a countdown clock on my stories, people, people would remember to tune in and I would get like a core group of like those super fans tuning in every Friday night. But that's, that's another good way. If you don't want to have a Facebook group, another thing, you know, that's another kind of fun way to embrace your community. I love that. And I I see other people doing um, similar things like that. And I think it's one, it's easy for you to do, but it's also really smart. And I think it's a great way to get people to kind of keep coming back, especially if you're doing a series, like we're going to do this for eight weeks um, versus like a one-time thing. Cause if you do it once, you know, it, there's no consistency. So I love that idea. Yeah. I think, and consistency helps if, you know, it's the same day or same time every week, then people kind of know you for it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And then in terms of, cause I know we talked a little bit about, you know, the benefits of, maybe we didn't talk about the benefits. What do you feel like are the benefits of having a community versus like constantly just selling to your audience, which is what, you know, most people just do automatically. Yeah. So I'll just speak from my own experience, but like within my own community, there are people who, who literally have said, I love Tori. I will buy anything that she sells. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and so, you know, that's, that's more than just a customer. That's someone who is really part of my community and my brand culture and, and all this stuff. And the great thing about having these kind of core people in my community is they, they do talk about me outside of my channels. So I'm not just selling what I do on my own Instagram, but actually on all of their Instagram accounts, when they're talking about me, 
my stuff is being sold through their channels as well. And, you know, when you have, you know, the, the cost of acquiring a customer can be very high. And so if you can keep someone kind of in your circle and get them to be a repeat customer in some way, you're saving a lot of money and, you know, you're just, you're making that, that one person a lot more valuable to you and your business. I love that. I agree with you. And I do think, you know, the more community that you build, the more people get to know you. And again, I talk about this all the time, but kind of humanizing your brand and making it so people buy from you not buy from Amazon, you know? And one of the ways is actually like treating people with like treating people like humans, making the small efforts and getting them to feel part of your business and your brand. And that's really the big difference is when people feel connected to you because they see your face, they've engaged with you. You know, you've taken the time to respond to questions that they've had. You know, they've showed up for one of your Instagram lives and they've seen you talk about, you know, something with your dog or your business or whatever, even if it's a personal thing, it doesn't always have to be, you know, business related, but that really will get people to learn more about you. And also it humanizes you. And I think that's something that um, we always have to remember is that people buy from brands, not from businesses. And again, you have to make it easy and a no brainer for people to want to buy from you versus Amazon, because Amazon makes it easy. Like you can buy any, you know, whatever you're selling, if it's like a dog mom t-shirt or, you know, a Labrador mug, they can probably get it off Amazon, but why should they buy from you? And it's because they like you and your, in your business and what you stand for. So yeah, exactly. I love all things community building. Cause I think it's, it's such an important thing that a lot of businesses um, aren't really focusing on. Cause I think they don't really know. They don't know why, or they don't know why they should, and they don't know how. So thank you for kind of breaking that down. I love it. And I just have one more thing that I, I would love to, to get your feedback on is uh, you've had a blog for, you said eight years now, eight years. So blogging is something that is so beneficial for so many different reasons. And I feel like blogging is very misunderstood, especially for a, for a product brand. So if you have a Shopify store, you have a subscription box, you know, one thing that a lot of students or clients will ask me is like, well, what, why would I have a blog? Like, what do I say? What do I write about? What would I like? What content do I create? And I think there's like a lack of, um, you know, they don't really understand the benefit of having a blog and what it will do for them. So I would love to hear a little bit more about blogging for SEO, SEO for anyone listening, search engine optimization. It's basically how you show up on Google and it's, you know, to break it down in a simple way, someone goes to Google and they search for dog mom t-shirt. For example, if you have content around that topic, and you know, you're doing some other things the right way, then your stuff will show up on Google. And then that that's how people find you. So it's so important. And I, you know, again, I can talk about this till I'm kind of blue in the face, because it's so important. And you have to be getting traffic from other sources other than Instagram and, you know, all the things I feel like that's yeah. like a different, that's a different podcast episode, but, um, I know you have been very successful with blogging and doing it intentionally for reaching, you know, people on search. Can you kind of share anything about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to point out what you said that, you know, Instagram is not designed to send traffic to your website. So, yep. you know, if it, if that's your number one traffic source, like congratulations, that's great for you, but you're missing out because Google or Pinterest or something else should really, could really, you know, outpace that by a lot. So, okay. I want to give like an example here, and this is kind of a service-based example, but I think it helps it kind of click for a lot of people. So a lot of the business owners that I work with are, you know, maybe dog sitters or dog walkers or things like that. And they're like, well, why would I have a blog? What am I going to blog about? What I recommend to them to blog in a way that is search engine optimized, it's going to get their posts in front of the right people is to write a blog post. You know, I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So if I was a dog walker here, I would fill up my blog with all these posts. They're like, these are the best dog parks in Pittsburgh. These are the dog friendly bars in Pittsburgh. These are, you know, our favorite veterinarians in Pittsburgh. And I would do all these location specific blog posts targeted towards pet parents, not necessarily saying I'm the best dog walker in Pittsburgh, but so that it shows up on Google, you know, because the goal is to get people who have dogs in Pittsburgh to come to my website and be like, oh my gosh, this person's a dog walker. You know, I'm not looking for a dog walker right now, but that's so cool. I'm going to follow them on Instagram. And then I'm going to, you know, when I go out of town next week, I'm going to book them or something. So that's kind of, I think a good analogy that kind of helps it click for a lot of people. So 
you know, how to apply that to a product-based business or like a subscription box-based business. Like you said, that's a great example with the dog mom shirts. Mm-hmm. If I'm searching for dog mom shirts, um, it's probably the Google results are probably going to be like, here are the top 10 dog mom shirts for, you know, whoever <laughs> you could say like Latina dog moms, you could make it really specific. That's another thing about SEO is like the more specific you get, the easier it is to get a higher ranking on Google. So maybe you have, these are the best dog mom shirts for Latina dog moms or for um, Labrador dog moms or something like that. And then you do kind of a, a roundup and maybe they're not all your product. Maybe you link to, to some other ones of other small businesses who are part of your community of other business owners that you kind of know and support one another. And then that way, you know, you're getting people to, to discover your post because it's, you're using good keywords. You've really niched down to something really specific so that it shows up in Google. People land on your website. Hopefully they buy one of your products, but if not, you know, the, the other small business owners, maybe the, who you featured will share your blog post with their audience. And it's just kind of like good for everyone. Maybe they'll even link to that blog post from their own blog. And so you'll be building backlinks to your site. I mean, it's just like a snowball that can get out of control. There's so many, so many great things that can happen from blogging. You know, backlinks are really good for your SEO and can help your website get better ranking because Google will see like, oh, other people think this person knows what they're talking about. That's kind of some of the perks behind that. So so I would highly recommend it. Um, it you know, it's it's also a really great place to introduce yourself. People really want to know your story and who you are and why you do what you do. So it's a great place to, um, you know, get a little personal as well and and share you and your story and maybe your own pets. Yeah. I love that. And thank you for the example. I like the the Pittsburgh dog walker stuff. That's very, very good. And, um, a lot of people always ask, you know, how do I target look if I, if I am targeting location specific people, like what do I do? And, you know, that's something that is super important that you have to add that location in all of your stuff. So thank you for um, that example. Yeah, Um, sure. Yeah. Blogging is amazing. And I know for, you know, for my business, that was a game that was, so when I had my product business, I didn't know anything about SEO. I think about a year in, so this was like 2017 is really when I first started learning about SEO. I spent my first year focusing on like a couple ways to get customers. And then I said, okay, I need to get more ways to get customers and started learning about SEO and definitely felt overwhelmed, but also loved it. Like I loved SEO. Something about it is my jam. I don't know if it's like the analytics side of it, or it's like the keyword research, or I have no idea, but I love SEO and I've been obsessed with it ever since, but the results that it can give you, you know, it's insane. So one of my blog posts, I did some keyword research on using, um, I used to use HubSpot at the time, really any keyword research tool is fine. And I figured out there was like this specific opportunity with within the golden doodle space. And so I started writing blog posts around that, you know, thing, you know, and I'll just, I'll just mention it. So it was dog toys for golden doodles. And so I wrote a blog post and I started ranking number one on Google for it very quickly, actually. Yeah. And it brought in, you know, for the first year, I want to say like 10, 15,000 website visitors. And then when I sold the business, the, the, the company took the blog down, which was strange, but that's okay. It's not my business. Um, they took the blog down and then I replicated some of those blog posts for one of my clients and same thing. They're number one on Google for it. Last year, I brought them 20,000 website visitors, like 20,000 <laughs> website visitors from one blog post. I, That's I, amazing. People need to let that sink in for a minute because when you think of 20,000 people getting on your website from one blog post, you're not doing any work. Like here's the difference. Instagram, you're spending all day, you're getting upset over other people's like copying you and other people, like God knows what people we get Mm. upset about Instagram. I feel like everyone gets triggered for everything. When you write a blog post, it pushes out on Google and Google is actually working for you, not you working for them. And so it continues to push that blog post out, out and out to people. And so over time, you know, you'll get your blog posts that bring in the 20,000 viewers. Not every post will do that. And like a lot of the posts I create are complete crap. They bring Mm -hmm. in no traffic, but you will get those flagship posts that will bring you an amazing amount of traffic. And like, think about how your business 
think about what that could do for your business. If you brought in 5,000 visitors from one post, 10,000, 20, and then you add more blogs that were in that same category, you know, it is an incredible way, uh, uh, it's an incredible um, way to be driving so much traffic. So you're not having to spend all of your time on like Instagram or Facebook or all that sort of thing. So I had to share that example, because I feel like it's very powerful when you can drive so much traffic from a blog post. And that's power. That's why you need to do blogging. Yeah. And I, I think that I've experienced a similar thing with just like being breed specific because for so many years I was like, well, yeah, you know, everything that I blog about is for like most dogs or all big dogs or just like any pet owner, you know, but when I just add Labradors <laughs> to the title, I have my, one of my biggest traffic blog posts of the past year or two is Kong stuffing recipes that my Labradors love is what it's called. And, um, there's lots of blog posts out in the world about Kong stuffing recipes, but I put in, you know, that my Labradors love Mm -hmm. and, you know, in it, I'm like, these are really good recipes specifically for Labradors. I mean, they're really for anyone, but in the blog post, you know, I'm like, there's, you know, uh, here's one with sardines because fish oil is so good because labs can get dry skin, you know, or something like that and, and making it really specific. And a lot of other really successful pet bloggers have told me the same thing who their sites get tons of traffic because they're specific to cocker spaniels or chihuahuas or whatever it is, you know, your whole site doesn't have to be dedicated to it, but if you do the the right keyword research and find that that breed or that one specific audience, like I mentioned, like Latina dog moms, you know, yeah. that could be a gold mine. I agree with you. I love that so much. And do you want to know something funny? I've seen your, I've seen that Kong article on Pinterest like a million times. Well, like- most of the traffic comes from Pinterest, but Pinterest is also a search engine, you guys. So your keyword research, you know, comes into play on Pinterest as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it. You're killing it on Pinterest. I feel like I've looked at your account recently. I want to say you're getting like a million or two million impressions a month or something. I have over a million impressions per month. I definitely feel like I have figured out Pinterest now until it changes again. (laughs) I know. Pinterest is, yeah. Pinterest is amazing. I love Pinterest too. And like, it's, it's the greatest. And again, for like my client that I do marketing for, that's where 90% of their traffic comes from. So we definitely double down on Pinterest. And again, recognizing that Pinterest, just like Google is a search engine. And Mm -hmm. so everything is based around keywords and having the right, you know, keywords on your pins. It's just, it's so powerful. So I love it. And can you tell me, I want to hear a little bit about Pinterest, but I would love to hear what, like what SEO tools do you use? Yeah. So, um, the SEO research tool that I use is called key search. I like it. It's, it's very comprehensive and it's not very expensive. I think it's $15 a month or something like that compared to some of the others that can be really expensive. So I use key search and then I also have a plugin on my Chrome that, let me just see if I can figure out what it is. I have this like plugin on my Chrome that like whatever you type in, it automatically suggests Oh, other related key- keywords. Keyword everywhere. Let's see if I can. Sorry, I'm <laughs> no, okay. live searching. Oh, it's called Keyword Surfer. Oh, yeah, Keyword Surfer. Okay. I think I've used that. I feel like I've tried so many different plugins. Yes. Yeah. They're all, they're all okay. Yeah. This is really neat because it's just, it's just, it's just good to get different information from different sources, you know? So sometimes I'll do the keyword research on key search. That's usually the first place I start. And then whatever terms I found that are in like a good sweet spot of ranking, I'll then just do a Google search for them and see like what posts come up. And then when I do the Google search, keyword surfer will be kind of on the right-hand side, giving me other ideas as well. So, and then, and then I also search on Pinterest and just see um, how that keyword shows up on Pinterest as well. Yes. I love Pinterest keyword, um, keyword research. I use Uber suggest now. I'm not sure if you've ever used that one. Yeah. I only just started using that like three months ago and I feel like it has changed my whole life. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome as well. I think it's just like whatever you get used to because they all should theoretically have the same data. So yeah, 
I used to use um, SEM Rush, but then I was like, oh, it's so expensive. It was expensive. That's yeah. I, I didn't do that. $200 a month now or something. It's just, and I don't need it enough to pay that much money for it. And plus when I'm always recommending tools to like students or clients, I don't want to tell them, oh, you need to pay $200 for a tool that you might use like twice. I mean, you should use it more, but so yeah, Uber suggest is great. And then I'm going to check out key, um, key search. That sounds good too, but yeah. yeah, like the biggest thing for, for blogging and content is you, you know, you want it, even if it feels confusing, like you want to do some basic keyword research. Cause if you have it like a topic, uh, if you have an idea that you might want to be writing about, like, say you make dog toys, well, you need to really understand what people are actually going to Google and searching for. Are they searching for, you know, dog toys for chihuahuas? Like, you know, you were talking about breed specific. Are they searching for dog toys for labs or, you know, best dog toys for puppies? And hint, hint, they are actually searching that. So you yes. want to be specific. So the more you can understand like what your audience is searching for, then you can create content around that. And then you can also use those keywords, you know, in the blog titles and, you know, the page titles, not to get too like SEO techie here, but um, it's definitely important for you to understand what people are searching for, because if you can create articles and content around what people are searching for, so answering people's common questions um, and even think for your own business, like what questions do people ask you all the time about different products? Like, you know, Tori, you have your article on the Kong, you know, stuffing yeah. Kongs, And like, I think that's an awesome article. And yeah, just kind of being creative with what your audience cares about and, and what they're asking questions about, but also understanding that, you know, doing some keyword research will help you to come up with more ideas. So yeah. Um, and speaking of questions, there's a great, just a give you another tool. Um, answer the public.com is another place where you can put in a topic like Mm -hmm. dog toys and it'll come up with all kinds of questions, the who, what, where, when, why of what people want to know about that term. And, and you can get a lot of ideas there, but yeah, you can just go through your DMS and your comments and see what people are asking and voila blog post. I love answer the public. I actually did a search recently. I was doing an example. I think it was for, I don't even know what I was doing an example of, but I was looking up hot sauce because I actually, I secretly want to do a hot sauce subscription box. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to, but I want to. Like to to sell it or just to buy one? No, no. Like, like have a subscription box company for hot sauce. Yeah. (laughs) I am obsessed with hot sauce and I still like Part of me wants to do it, but I don't think I'm going to maybe like, I don't know, another time, not today. So I was actually going and answer the public and I put in um, hot sauce and I was, it was coming up with all the questions and I was like, wow, I didn't know so many people searched for is hot sauce gluten-free. I thought that was very interesting. So again, like hmm. it gives you ideas for things that you could write about. So if I actually wanted to do a hot sauce subscription box, then I might do maybe a post on, I don't know, something about hot sauce in something like gluten-free because people are searching for that. So again, yeah. just a little fun example. I don't know if I, part of me is like, I, I went through all this the last, you know, five years of having a product business and working with clients, I've learned so much. And part of me is like, I know now what not to do. And I also know what to do. So part of me wants to just create a business to go through the process of it. I don't know. I'm, I'm crazy, but we'll see. It sounds like it's very (laughs) different than dog stuff, you know? Oh yeah. Totally different. Um, I feel like whenever I tell people, they're like, Oh really? That's so weird. And I'm like, (laughs) but not if you know me outside of dog stuff, because I I'm obsessed with hot sauce. Um, a lot of people are, I think people would sign up for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are hot sauce subscription boxes out there, which is fine. Like I don't really believe in, um, you know, a saturated market. I mean, yeah. there, is, there is a degree where it's like too saturated, but yeah. Anyway, that's like my little side tangent. So I just have one more question about Pinterest, just because we, you know, we're talking about SEO and blogging. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times too, people are like, okay, well I created a blog post. What do I do with it? How do I get that out to my community and my audience? So how can you like, can you give us an, an example of what you would do for your own business with Pinterest and like your blog content? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if I have a new blog post that I've done my keyword research, I've written it, um, I've made sure that there's inbound and outbound links, that the, it has all the things, I'm done with my blog, it's got good images, then I go over to Pinterest and I actually I go over to Canva where I make my Pinterest 
pin graphics. And in Canva, I have a couple of different like little layouts that I just keep duplicating. And I create eight to 10 graphics for every single blog post. So I don't just create one Pinterest graphic. I create eight to 10 different versions and I experiment and I look at my Pinterest analytics and see like which layouts are maybe doing better than others. And sometimes I just create ones for fun, just that I like, you know, just see what happens. And so I create all these different graphics. And usually my blog post has five to eight photos in it. So that's a really great place where I can start for my photos for my Pinterest graphics. So I can repeat some of the images because I might change the layout or change the text or something like that. Um, I also make sure to check I I search my keyword on Pinterest and kind of variations of it to see what other pins show up. Pinterest, the way that search results show up, the like best performing pins show up first. Mm -hmm. So I'll look at those pins and kind of see like, what word did they use and in their graphic? How can I, you know, kind of replicate that a little bit? And so then I take, I download all of those. Um, I might, if I have a video, you know, if I'm going to be doing Instagram stories about this and I have some videos from that, I might put that in Canva and put a little text over it and make a Pinterest graphic out of that. And then I take it all and I put it all in Tailwind. And um, I, I use Tailwind, which is a really great Pinterest scheduling tool. And I think it also does Instagram now as well. But I really just use it for Pinterest. And I schedule my pins to go out to my some different boards. So I always have everything go to my own blog board, which is just pins from my blog. And then I have some other relevant boards, like one for chocolate labs, um, one for, you know, canine enrichment or recipes or, or different things, dog friendly travel, all these kind of different things. And, um, I use tailwind to schedule them out so that one original pin goes out every single day. So, um, they're not all going off at like at the same exact moment. And, and then I check in with it later and see how they're doing. And like for the Kong blog post, um, which has done really, really well on Pinterest and I make Kongs for my dogs every week. So I've got tons of opportunities to take new photos and new videos and things. Mm -hmm. So since that pin does well and that blog post does well, Every couple months, I create like five or eight new pins about it and add those back into Tailwind as well. So at the end of the day, like that one blog post might have 30 or 40 (laughs) Pinterest pins, not at the end of the day, but like at the end of a year, it might have 30 or 40 graphics associated with it. Um, so it can, it can get a little bit crazy. You're just crushing it on Pinterest. I, um, I sometimes... Well, so I have one of my pet clients that I do marketing for and, you know, we're always coming up with other businesses that we want to feature on like blog posts and things like that. So I think we just did a blog recently on, I actually, I completely, I'm blanking on the, the blog right now, but anyway, I know we included you in one of those. So, but yeah, Pinterest is amazing. And I will definitely second Tori's strategy. That's kind of similar with what we do for like my client. We just put a lot of different pins out and we test and I will say right now, video is everything on Pinterest. So if you're new on Pinterest and you're kind of just getting started, video is crushing it. You can literally like if replicate your Instagram stories, you can download those as video and just upload the, upload those into Pinterest as um, a story pin or a video pin. And you'll get crazy, crazy. Like we uploaded a yes. random video of a dog playing with a toy. Within an hour, it had like 30,000 impressions. We're like, what? Yeah, no, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, and we all, you know, go in your phone in your um, Instagram stories archive and just download like 10 stories that you have <laughs> because we all have such great content in there that's expired and nobody sees it anymore. So download it and turn it into a pin and then set it up so that ping, pin links to that product or a relevant blog post or whatever. Yeah. I love it. I agree with you. I feel like you need to be good about, um, uh, like using the stuff you've already created. And honestly, Pinterest is such a great place to drive traffic and all that. So, well, this is amazing, Tori. Thank you so much. And I have to also 
I have to have you talk a little bit about all the amazing, like you have so many different things that you offer people. I want to tell people about some of your services and where people can find you and connect with you and work with you because you're amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Carrie. This was really fun. I could talk about this stuff all day and, and I, and I do to, to certain people. So I offer, um, a bunch of different online courses. I've got my like flagship online course is Instagram strategy for the pet obsessed. It's called inspo. And, uh, I also have two masterclasses, one about Pinterest and then one about creating an on-demand online store for pet lovers. I also have an online, um, membership community called the wear wag repeat society. And so those are all really fun places to learn about growing your pet business online. But if you want to just kind of dip your toe or dip your paw into it, uh, come check out my free Facebook group, which is where wag repeat labs. And you can just find that by searching on Facebook for where wag repeat labs. And there's about 700 people in there. It's pretty much women and all people who love pets or have a pet industry business. And we share resource guides and tips and tricks. And people ask questions like, where do you get custom dog bandanas printed? (laughs) So, so that's, that's the kind of stuff that goes on in that group. So I'd love to see everyone in there. And then if you are interested in any of the online courses, you can find those through my website where wagrepeat.com. There's a little menu at the top for courses. And I set up a special promo code just for your listeners so they can use Carrie, your name, K-E-R-R-I-E, and get 10% off any of the courses in my online school. Yay. Thank you so much. That's amazing. And yeah, thank you so much. You, um, you are just such a, like, I don't even, I, I, I'm excited to do your introduction after, but like Tori has been featured literally on good morning, America, animal planet. I feel like I remember you doing something with animal planet. You've had, I didn't like- do anything with animal planet, but yeah, you can say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we were, Puppy, we were featured the puppy bowl, the puppy. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. We did some stuff with the puppy bowl, which is on animal planet. You're right. Yeah, you are right. Actually yeah. you can do my PR now, <laughs> but we, my, my big, like exciting feature that I'll never stop talking about is that we were in the wall street journal in January, giving advice on how to save money on your pet expenses. Oh my God. That's amazing. That's a, yeah. You're just Tori's amazing. So if you are, if you have a pet business or you are a petpreneur, you have to check out her stuff. She's been doing this for a long time and she has so many amazing resources and content and courses. So definitely check out all of her amazing stuff. And thank you so much for being on here. This was super fun. And of course, um, fun for me because I love all things, dogs and pet business and, um, and dogs. So I love dogs, it. dogs make business more fun. So <laughs> They do. Thank you so much for having me. This was really great. Thanks, Tori. So much amazing value from Tori. I'm obsessed with her. She's a genius. I love everything that she she does. And if you're interested in any of her courses, she has a membership program, but she also has an Instagram course. She has a Pinterest um, course or masterclass. Um, Any of her stuff that you're interested in, you can use the code Carrie and get 10% off. So K-E-R-R-I-E. And I will drop all the links in the show notes below. And then if you have not left a review or subscribed to the podcast, please take a minute and hit that subscribe button and leave a review. I'd love to know what you're liking about the podcast, what you're learning, what you're going to implement and love hearing it all. So please go ahead and leave a review. I do a happy dance every single time I see a positive review and it helps to get my podcast in front of other people so I can help other people too. So thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate you listening and tuning in and subscribing and sharing the love. So I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.